Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about staffing. We're reading daily headlines of staffing cuts at companies all across the economy. Just in the past week, we've seen headlines of 1,500 people let go at Spotify, 3,000 at TD Bank, 1,000 track maintenance workers at Union Pacific Rail, 1,200 at Broadcom in the San Francisco Bay Area, just to name a few. The question is, how does a business owner know when is the right time to hire and when is the right time to reduce the workforce? Money comes in a business in one of three different ways. comes as earned income, as residual income, or as capital gains. Depending on the timing of those three income flows, the cash flow could vary quite widely. Now, workforce reductions are among the hardest decisions for a business owner or a manager to have to make. But in truth, the hiring decision is almost equally difficult. Both decisions involve solving a problem. In the case of hiring, chances are the organization is stretched and having a hard time keeping up with the workload. Hiring can bring some relief to overworked people and bring both customer and employee satisfaction improvements with the right hires. Reactive hiring, prompted by sudden departures or unexpected increases in workload, may lead to rushed decisions and potentially compromise the quality of the recruitment process. Not all hires are a good fit. Hiring someone who isn't a fit for your team can disrupt the team morale. It can lead to decreased productivity, can have a negative impact on customer service, and as a result, your profitability could take a hit. According to a 2015 Leadership IQ study, 46% of hires are considered failures by the time they reach the 18-month mark, meaning all businesses constantly have to face the repercussions of poor hires. Even businesses where only 25% of hires are a bad hire might even be considered best in class. In those instances, businesses need to make individual decisions to part ways with the individual. Ideally, this happens during the first few weeks of employment during the probationary period. Sometimes businesses fail to act on a bad hire, and they work around the weakness. Sometimes a bad hire is not a problem with the employee per se, but a failure of management to provide proper training and leadership. In some jurisdictions, labor laws make it difficult to let people go, especially if they've been there for a long time. In some instances, businesses make the economic decision and let go poor performers under the guise of a layoff. Many businesses experienced staffing shortages during the pandemic. They also experienced higher than expected turnover as employees sought better opportunities. Businesses were so desperate to get people in the door that quality and fit were almost certainly compromised. Ideally, businesses should maintain a proactive approach to workforce planning, anticipating future needs, and aligning hiring practices with the overall business strategy. The decision to cut staff is usually financial. Businesses spend a lot of time and money hiring staff, training them, building a sense of loyalty and teamwork. When people are sent home, the loyalty to the company takes a hit. Hiring tends to happen gradually, one at a time, sometimes in waves, but then layoffs often happen en masse. Businesses exist to generate a profit, and sustainability is key to any business, and the decision to hire is also a decision to add expense. And in an ideal world, you would also add more revenue with that additional hire. The right hires don't actually cost you money, they multiply your income. The decision of when to hire is a strategic one that should be driven by a comprehensive understanding of the business current needs, its future goals, and capabilities of the existing team. By carefully evaluating workload, skill gaps, and long-term objectives, businesses can make informed decisions about when to expand the workforce, ensuring sustained growth and success. Real estate businesses are often mislabeled as passive income. 
There's no such thing as a passive business in my mind. I see so many of these businesses being run as solo businesses, the self-employed trying to perform all of these roles from CEO to CFO to property manager, all performed by a single individual. It's an impossibility. Revenue planning is the key to determining when to hire. A strong financial picture can emerge only when you've got accurate revenue forecasting. So what do you do when the forecasted revenue doesn't materialize? We see this, for example, in cyclical manufacturing businesses where the inventory cycle can cause swings in revenue. Well, real estate businesses can also suffer from income inconsistency. Rising interest rates can pull profits out of a business. Unplanned maintenance and capital expenditures can deplete cash reserves. Unplanned vacancy can hamper income. And sometimes clients don't pay on time, leaving the business short of cash. In our business, we aim to have 6 to 12 months of cash flow in reserve to handle those unexpected fluctuations in income or expense. We also use the consulting arm of the business to help smooth out some of those fluctuations. Our consulting division provides clients with access to some world-class top-notch skills. Also provides our business with a small layer of earned income, which supplements the residual income and the capital gains income. It can be helpful to plan your revenue according to those three buckets, earned income, residual income, and capital gains, because they all operate on different timelines. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.